I am from beyond. Listen, and all you desire will be yours. Welcome to Spider-Man and the Secret Wars. Prepare for battle. Welcome to Prattle World. I'm your host, the ever-amazing, ever-spectacular Spider-Dan. And in this podcast, I spotlight entertainment's best-kept secrets that a mainstream audience may find boring. And welcome to another edition of Secret Ball Stories, where I invite guests to count down a personal top five list in high-fidelity fashion. And today, I have a self-confessed crazy cat lady to talk about our top five movie cats good and bad kind of a sequel to our good bad movie dogs podcast so i have the crazy cat lady the ultimate crazy cat lady it's shauna cook hello there hello spider dan thank you for having me i'm wearing my garfield dress oh in excellent celebration in theme in theme thank you very much <laughs> uh do you also not like mondays i hate mondays <laughs> Every day, every day is the same though. I don't really know. What day is it today? Uh, we're on Thursday. Don't ask me how I know, but I just do. I just do. I mean, <laughs> I, I currently should have been in Florida sunning it up at the moment. Oh no! Yes, yeah, so that didn't happen. Oh, <laughs> that top trumps my woe of the week. I'm oh, supposed to be really? in Wales, you know. Oh, uh, that's still good. Wales is good. Yeah, I've not been. I've not been as much as I should, but I do like Wales. Florida's pretty cool, though. But yeah, I, I, to be fair, I went like a couple of years ago anyway with my dad. Go, I was going with this time. It's it would have been pretty much the same holiday anyway. Silver so, linings. <laughs> never mind. Moving on, and work forced me to take the full three weeks off anyway. What are you going to do? That's why I'm keeping busy doing this stuff. <laughs> so we're here to talk cats. I imagine you like cats, don't you? Oh, you know me. I love cats i love them i love dogs as well i used to have two rottweilers but i i'm obsessed with cats i think they get quite a bad rep really but if you're a cat person you really are a cat person but i think a lot of people don't really understand cats unless you have one and you have like a close bond with your cats um I'm currently joined by one of my cats. Um, she's sat with me, probably waiting for food. But I, I love cats. I think I think I do prefer cats to dogs. I do like dogs. I've had a good relationship with dogs, you know, for the most part. But I think there's something about I'm a bit more of a kind of chill person. I think cats are a little bit more chill, and I, I just kind of I feel like I've got a bit more of a bond with them than than say a a dog, perhaps. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this is what I mean. I think they are quite misinterpreted a lot of times. Dogs are kind of portrayed to be man's best friend but I think I like cats because they, they are arrogant and you can't really tame them and that's what I like about them that's one of their quirks I mean we've all seen Tiger King haven't we so <laughs> and you did a you did a fantastic bit of makeup as the tiger as the tiger king Joe Exotic oh yes Joe Exotic holding my ginger cat I know just Bob. You know, you've got to be very careful you know or you're gonna to have to put a bullet in that motherfucker's eyes you know <laughs> Between the eyes. I'm sure you don't want to do that. We've we've hit the tone now. I wasn't sure if swearing was on the cards, but Welcome. fantastic. But yeah, I think I think there I think in especially in media, we're gonna talk about movies. I think cats do have a bit of a, a bad rep, don't they? I think they are they tend to be the villains of the piece. 
They do. However, the, the, the films I've chosen, you were talking about kind of not being mainstream. Sorry, I am that. That's right. <laughs> I am I'll that do, I'll do the non-mainstream stuff. Yes, I'm very glad for that. And I'll probably, I might take you up on some of the films that you're suggesting to just try to broaden my film knowledge. Yeah. Um, but I think some of the films I've chosen are classics. Quite, they're all, most of them are Disney films. I didn't realise that. Um, but n- maybe not the Disney films you'd expect. But, okay, but yes. interesting. So, so we've decided that you're going to do um, Good Cats, uh, yes. represented in films, and I'll do The Bad Cats. So I think you oh. probably have the harder job than I've had, I think. I mean, I think there are a lot of bad cats in a lot of films, but I don't think they're as standout roles as some of the cats I've chosen. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, quite a lot of films actually do have very good cat protagonists so that's something anyway i was looking into kind of media culture and how that might affect cat welfare but i think things are changing quite yeah. a lot for cats social media has you know, portrays cats all the time in a lot of positive lights you know cat videos are everywhere and i think Hmm. That's done a lot of good for cats, actually. So I think so, I think so too, because you see them, you know, being comfortable, being silly, you know, falling off of things, you know, getting themselves into all sorts of trouble. I think that oh that, yeah, that endears a cat to you. You know, you know, when you when you see the kind of standard cat hissing at people, you, you know, you, you're not you know not endeared to that cat particularly. But I guess no. it's with dogs as well. Like if the dog barks at you, growls at you, you're kind of not going to feel that way. Um, yeah, definitely. And I, I do think that we the cats have been linked to kind of like the supernatural and the and being bad luck, especially you know black cats being bad luck and things like that has has led to you know black cats not getting adopted as much or things like that. Definitely, I'm actually going to talk. Uh, one of the films I've chosen has got a black cat protagonist. Um, so I'm going to talk a little bit black, about black cats and where that myth, where that kind of superstition has come from as well and how it's perceived in different cultures. Interesting. Just before we start, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about about Bob, your Greek cat. <laughs> oh, little Bob. Um, oh, what a crazy story. Here we go. So um, I went on holiday to Crete last year, lovely Greek island. And there are lots of feral cats, as I'm sure you know, in Greece. Um, and I befriended quite a lot of the cats at the resort I was staying at with my partner, um, who'd never been abroad before, really? might I add. And yeah, and he is not, before he met me, he wasn't really interested in cats. And now, fast forward four years, we have three. <laughs> um, babies. And he loves cats. Yes. Oh, fur babies. And. <laughs> <laughs> um, the final night we were on holiday, I came across a very, very poorly little ginger kitten. And he was just kind of lying out in the open, struggling to open his eyes, wheezing. And, oh, it broke my heart. And we were meant to be going out for the evening, but we decided, well, I decided I can't leave this kitten. So I scooped him up and basically spent the night cradling him, wondering what to do. And then the next morning we contacted a local cat charity that we found on the internet which is run by a woman from the uk who now lives in crete oh really that's goals absolute goals right there (laughs) animal charity goals and she recommended a vets to take this little kitten to so we spent literally our last euros we were flying home 
6 p.m. that evening, we took the kitten, Bob, we took him to the vets in the morning with our last Euros, um, spent it on him getting treated some antibiotics, and then the vet took him in, and the woman from the animal charity took him in, and then fast forward a couple of months later, and my family friend sets up a GoFundMe page so people can donate money so we can bring Bob home to the UK. Absolutely bonkers and something I never imagined would happen. And then little Bob arrived just before Christmas and now he's a little, he's a little tiger now. I've seen, I've seen all your videos and his, uh, on his Instagram. What's his Instagram again? A Greek cat named Bob. A Greek cat named Bob. Definitely follow that Instagram. But I'll be honest, you are my cat conservation hero honestly i think that's the amazing thing you've done and something that i don't probably not a lot of people would do go on holiday and do you know just adopt a a stray cat an unwell cat just at random you know obviously you know you care about cats a lot and i think it really shows like it's and the fact that your the gofundme page you know uh, went past its you know the amount you needed to raise is 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 a great thing it just shows how much other people care about cats as well not not amazing yeah yeah it blew my mind but you know um obviously i rescue kittens here as well i'm I'm very pro pro rescuing cats not just from abroad obviously there's a lot of cats in the uk that need homes um and i am that person that owns a cat trap a humane cat trap and then i'll set it up in any <laughs> set it up in areas humane, that i know they're to be humane definitely humane and then sometimes take it into work because there's a lot of feral cats at work and trap them and try and rehome them because a lot of feral kittens they don't they don't do very well in the wild i mean they they can survive but especially the winter it's very difficult for them so i'd much rather them go to a loving home absolutely i couldn't agree more so good on you for doing what you're doing i think it's fantastic so keep it up and keep doing all that cool work anyway but anyway we've 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 talked about your love of cats far too long now far far too long you've got to get back on track so right here again to talk top five good bad movie cats specifically movie mm-hmm. cats because we could have been here months weeks and months just looking there are Any so many cats factual cats cat you name it anything yeah uh, cat people cat this cat that hybrid cats ligers tigers lions you name it we could have gone mental so so i'd like you to go first with your very first good cat if you will. okay good cat now i'm just going to say now i'm trying to go for domesticated cats not mm-hmm. tigers or such like normal yeah. cats household cat um, cats. to an extent yeah. and we'll, we'll talk about that in a bit but the first cat i have chosen is from one of my favorite 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 childhood films i rented it so much from the video store that the woman from the video store gave me the film when i was about sick she said have this film <laughs> just have it just take keep the film <laughs> i'm sick of seeing you it's sassy from homeward bound the incredible oh, journey uh, she's she's a brilliant little cat um it was filmed in 1995 she was voiced by sally field so she's an anthropomorphic cat for anyone that hasn't seen the film please go and watch the film it's incredible yeah she is a himalayan cat she's a house cat and you probably you know the story you know the story oh god yeah, i don't want to don't um, want any spoilers but i suppose I'm that's sure, what this is about to be fair this we're talking like almost 30 years old now this film surely a classic yeah it was actually based on it was originally a film oh i don't know about the original think, film but the it, original disney film was called uh, the, the incredible, incredible journey journey, journey. I, th- I think it is yeah. on disney plus 
along with Homeward Bound, if you did want to ah. give it an old watch. Um, I was, I've been watching The Clone Wars this morning, so not, not cat-related whatsoever. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, yes, uh, they get the, the, the pets get kind of separated from the family. Uh, they do. It's, it's like, kind of like a Home Alone thing without murderous burglars for the moment. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is an incredible journey to their new home to find their family again, basically. And there's, all, there's a second one, home, um, Homeward Bound 2, Lost in San Francisco, which was filmed mm. in 1996, released um, around that time. Uh, that's another fantastic film with mm. Sassy the Cat. Uh, she's a smart-mouthed, feisty uh, overly dramatic, sarcastic feline, and I think she really portrays cats in a good light. Yeah, I think she gets on well with the dogs as well, which I like. Yeah, there's t- like two dogs that she could be like, "I hate you, your dogs," but you know, she she welcomes them. She, you know, she's a bit pr- she's a bit of a prickly pear, I guess you could say. Sometimes maybe doesn't get along with them, or is a bit you know standoffish. Maybe is a better word. Um, oh yeah. And and that's fine. That's just sometimes how people are. And I think I think that's good. And Sally Field, you know, Oscar winning Oscar winning Sally Field, um, Aunt May at one point as well. Um, yeah, movie. She's she's an excellent choice. I think I'm not sure who plays the Golden Retriever, but I think the American Bulldog was. Oh, uh, Chance! Oh, yeah. Chance! Who are? This is really un- underprepared for me. What's the bulldog's name? What's his name? Oh, I can't remember off the Chance. Name. I know it's I know it's Michael J. Fox. L- yes, yes. Oh, I, in the in the dogs podcast, funnily enough, this film came came up, and we and we talked about it, and I've forgotten everything about it now. Absolutely, I feel really underprepared. Chance and someone's going to be screaming it, screaming yeah. it out. My friend, my friend Natalie, we, we did the, like, literally we talked about this a few months ago, like two months ago or something. Uh, and now I've forgotten everything about that film and all the things we talked about. I should have listened to the podcast that I did with her before I watched this. What an emotional roller coaster of a film. I mean, that film taught me to cry, you know, to grieve, to, to love uh, as a I child. I was obsessed. I mean, I thought we just automatically. Well, I don't, I think that was the first film I remember as a child crying my eyes out at yeah. um, and nothing bad really happens it's very very happy in the end but it, there's just moments where you you're on edge you're on the edge of your seat and what a disney classic it is i think i think it's a very emotional in a good way it's like a good cry it's like a nice oh cry. yeah i think that's a i think that's a really good choice the the way that it shows that dogs and cats do get along there's not always this you know hatred between these two animals or you know they don't always get along because there's a ton of ton of those videos again on like youtube and social media where you see cats and dogs absolutely loving each other and what so i think that's quite an important it's quite a good important message but yeah i think that's a, i thought that was a fantastic fantastic choice is there anything else you want to say about it particularly or say about sassy oh sassy um no i think probably i should really but oh <laughs> other than she was paid uh, she was played by at least 10 different cats okay which really? is very interesting yeah the main cat that played her was called tiki uh, she was the main animal actor but yes 10 different himalayan cats and what i will say is a himalayan cat is a very expensive breed of cat so you do not want to be losing a himalayan cat somewhere in the american wilderness and i mean i mean they had 10 of them so that that <laughs> the amount of budget they have for that movie like 10 of those very expensive cats on set so so um, i wouldn't want to be the animal handler looking after them in case i lost one I know. oh i've said it i've literally just realized that it shadow is the golden retriever 
And Chance, Chance oh, is cool. the other doggo. I forgot. Totally forgot. Silly me. It's, oh, been, wow. it's been a long time. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a great choice. Um, I think it's a great movie. I need to watch it again. Like I said, I'd, I'd, watch, uh, I'd watch it after the last podcast we did, I did with Natalie. But yeah, no, fantastic. Excellent, excellent choice. Um, Thank you very much. Are you ready for my first bad cat? I'm going to write these down because I'm going to have to do some research on them because I guarantee I probably won't have heard of any of them. No, some of them are fairly obscure. Um, okay. Even for, even for my particular case. I've done, I did a, a good digging, a good deep dive into the, uh, into the cat genre, the bad cat genre. Lovely. So my number five bad cat is Rufus from uh, Herbert West, the reanimator. So this is, a, this is a horror film. It's kind of like a modern day and a horror film about a scientist who has invented a, a formula that kind of reanimates dead tissue and, and dead things. So it's, it's not, it's, he's tr- still trying to work it out. He's still trying to figure out what it does and, and how much to, to give like a person or an animal and things like that. Um, but there are some pretty bad side effects to this, this uh, serum. So this is like one of these proper like gory splatter movies he moves in with this he moves in with this guy called dan instantly he dan has a cat called rufus and he instantly takes a disliking to herbert west because he's this arrogant kind of full of himself doctor who thinks he's just brilliant he then moves in and his girlfriend is, doesn't like herbert west uh, megan i think she's called megan um she doesn't like herbert west she doesn't like the cat doesn't like herbert west he's hissing at him he's you know, swiping at him, running away, not without good reason, because he's not a great guy. And later, Megan finds the corpse of Rufus in the fridge. <gasps> yeah. So, so the cat is is dead, and they're like, "What the fuck, Herbert West?" And they're like, "Well, I found I found him." He says, "He found I found the cat." in the dustbin, he got his head inside a jar and suffocated to death. So I brought him inside, put him in the fridge so he didn't go, you know, he didn't smell and that you didn't want to find him like that because it would have been very upsetting. Um, and he's like, well, this is upsetting. Why have you got him in the fridge? And it's like, you know, what was I supposed to do? And one of the great lines is like, what, what did you want me to do? Leave a note. What would it say? You know, cat dead details later. Like one of the best lines in the film. Later that night, don't stop there. Later that night, um, Dan's awoken in his in his bedroom to signs of a, like sounds of a struggle. So he runs down to the basement. And he finds Herbert West struggling with something, and he's throwing it back and forth. And he's trying to get out. It's on his back, and he's like trying to throw throw it off himself. He's like, "Help me, help me!" And then we realise it's a cat, and it's Rufus the cat. After the struggle, they they manage to throw the cat against the wall and kind of just. I think it kind of just severs the cat's spine. So when when Herbert West gives these injections, the the side effects are that they go on this kind of almost like murderous rampage. Their strength is increased. It basically turns into kind of like zombies, effectively. They kill they kill him, and then and then Dan doesn't really believe him. He's like, I've I've managed to conquer brain death in living beings with this with this solution with this reagent he calls it. And he goes, right, well, would you agree the cat is now dead? It's like guts are hanging out. It's, its spine's back, it's, it's got a broken back and everything. He's like, he's like, right. And he injects and he's like, don't expect it to dance. You know, it's got a broken back. And then Rufus comes back to life and it's like, you know, proper. Sorry, what's it like? It's like this. In pieces. Um, so like what I found with the last, with the last one, with the last, uh, 
podcast on dogs, on bad dogs. They weren't necessarily bad dogs. It was more like bad owners leading to bad dogs. Um, I think it's some somewhere that the cats, it's a similar situation. Um, there's a lot of kind of like vengeance seeking cat movies that I found. Yeah. So, so when, you know, the owners have been killed or something's gone wrong and the cats will then, you know, or they've been, you know, they've learned to eat human flesh, but someone's taught them and then they learn the other <laughs> ways and things like that. So this is kind of fits in. And I wanted to do like a zombie cat. I wanted to, you know, you know, get in the whole zombie cat genre. Oh my God. Like, as if that's a genre. That's blown my mind. I guess. The hell? (laughs) It's a very Jesus Christ. Um, (laughs) I wanted to to include Pet Cemetery. um, Oh, yes. uh, Yes. I love that film. It's an amazing film. I've not seen the remake, but I love it. No, I haven't. I love the original. But yeah, the cat is definitely the main antagonist, I'd say, and the, the source of what's to come. Yeah also the evil uh, church i think it's called or churchill i think the name of the cat is um, yes but yeah I, w- I would have included that but i thought maybe a little too obvious um i think most people probably would have gone with that as their first choice but uh but i went for uh, a rufus from the reanimator i think he's got a better name as well rufus rufus, rufus. wow yeah. i'm definitely rooting for rufus that was a that was a brilliant synopsis of the film i haven't really done any synopsis of my films because i'm hoping people know the films that i've chosen yeah. and some of them like i say i've not really watched in a while but no i'm rooting for rufus all the way he got yeah. killed yeah it's 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 proper sad and again we don't know if herbert west actually did it or not actually killed the cat mm. or whether it did you know because you're not sure because he's a bit he's a dodgy scientist he's like a weird <sighs> you know creepy dr frankenstein type so he could have easily done that to oh, no. something to experiment on oh no i have to say i don't like watching films where cats are killed i'm so yeah. triggered and it's yeah. ridiculous i'm nearly 27 years old <laughs> but i can't there's something in my brain that just can't deal with i have literally walked out of cinemas before where honestly i'm it's pathetic. I know it's pathetic, but I can't get over it. I can't it's bring not. myself to watch something. There's, there's where... websites out there, like, does the dog die? I'm pretty sure that's a website where if there's a dog in it, you can see if the dog dies. That's me, definitely. I imagine there's a, probably a similar one for the cats. I imagine does yeah. the dog die? So that might be quite a helpful website for yourself if you wanted to evolve, avoid cat murder. I'm not, no spoilers here, but I was, The Walking Dead is one of my favourite favorite programmes ever, and the, I don't know if you watch it or not, but there was a cat that appeared in one of the episodes recently and I was so worried. I was like, this is going to spoil The Walking Dead for me forever if this oh, cat no. is killed, like a, a domestic cat. There's a tiger also in it, a, a, another yes. series, but I'm not going to spoil that. Yeah. Um, but no, the cat did not get killed. It was just a nice, harmless cat there. And uh, it trotted off. But thank God, because that would have spoiled The Walking Dead yeah. for me. And I've been I mean, really it's upset. It's a pretty bleak show. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, they would go to that length to make it even bleaker. I know. Oh. To be honest, you could probably, if you skip maybe the first 10, 15 minutes of the film, you probably could avoid all the cat murder stuff. And then it's just okay. just zombies anyway. Um, but yeah, so that's all you need to know. He has this thing, injects the cat just to prove it. And then, and then literally the scene after they're injecting humans with it. So if you like your zombies and your, your ghouls... I do. I do like my zombies. A good, it's a good little movie. It's, for, it's uh, based, on a, based on a HP Lovecraft story as well. So if you like your Lovecraftian things, that's, uh, that's definitely one of the, the main shouts. The, the director actually died quite recently, which is quite sad. 
Um, I really like his work. A lot of he does a lot of love, Lovecraftian stuff and adaptations and stuff, which is really, really good. Okay, are you ready for your next one? I am, and it's a controversial choice. I'm still not entirely sure myself whether this cat is good or not. I kind of, I'm kind of on the fence. So I'll let I'll let the listeners decide. But there's quite a lot of academic writing about this particular character because it is such a oh it, well i'll just i'll give you the name well it's the cheshire cat from alice in wonderland okay. and i was sort of on an iron a very divisive figure um from the film um the cheshire cat is or it, well it's a tabby british short hair cat that is what the cat is popularized by lewis carroll in alice's adventures in wonderland written in 1865 um, gender is male cat and you you all probably know this story but from time to time its body disappears um, and I've got a little background story about where the phrase grinning like a Cheshire cat is believed to have come from it's believed to have come from Cheshire England um, where obviously there's lots of farms and hence lots of milk maybe lots of mice at the farms so all the cats around there are grinning all the time and that's that's where the phrase is believed to originate from so that's a, a cheshire cat well. a lot of chickens a lot of chickens yeah i haven't actually cheshire where is cheshire terrible um, i'm so bad at geography my, i'll be honest my, my geography is <laughs> where is no, it, cheshire it's not far i'm pretty sure it's not it's near here i'm sure it's near yeah of... cheshire I mean, if, I'm if, sure. anybody, if anybody from Cheshire I'm... listens or knows where Cheshire I'm... is, write in. <laughs> okay, I'm Staffordshire. Is Staffordshire like on the border of Cheshire? I'm like, I've only lived here five years, so I should know this. Anyway, Probably. we digress. Probably. That's I, I really awkward. That. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so anyway, back to the cat. <laughs> yes. So, obviously, the Cheshire cat engages Alice in amusing and perplexing conversation and raises a lot of philosophical points and quite often makes Alice a little bit agitated. That's what, that's what he does. That's kind of his role. However, he has been described to be a guiding spirit for Alice because he does direct her to the March Hare's house and the tea party and then inadvertently directs her to the Queen of Hearts ah. and leads her to her final destination, basically, and then roots for her when she's at the Queen of Hearts croquet party. He's kind of on Alice's side there. So he's, he's a very dastardly but likeable character. And I think that's why I think he is ultimately a good cat. And I like the idea that he's kind of this, this higher being, maybe a spirit of Wonderland. But he is quite often portrayed to be a Disney villain, which makes me sad. But he is the Queen of Hearts cat. So that could be why. Ah, okay. So, so he's been treated poorly, maybe. Maybe he's been mm-hmm. smothered. She likes him too much, dressing up <laughs> and stuff. Well, no, she does. She does want to um, decapitate him in there in in one scene in which he just disappears could he, and leaves could he be his like head. A ghost, do you think? Like a girl, like I a think he is. This is what I think he is. He, I so think he's like a device uh, within Wonderland. He's the one that tells Alice that everyone is mad here, and you know he he stays true to that phrase. Yeah, and, it's, it's, yeah. it's an interesting kind of it's an interesting choice because it does offer up quite a bit of debate because you could say maybe that he's manipulating Alice to her destiny or he's he's maybe he's sending her there just to get rid of the queen so he doesn't behead the Cheshire cat so he doesn't get beheaded. Um, well, you can't behead the Cheshire cat. That's the ah, yeah, right, that's, that's the curious the thing. thing. Yeah. 
And I, so, think, I think maybe like constant grinning, I think is not necessarily like a positive thing. Like if someone just is constantly grinning all the time, you're going <laughs> to think they're a little bit, something a bit off. It's because he's mad. He's mad. Everyone's mad. True, true. And, and, and to be mad or to be mentally ill is not necessarily a, a bad thing. Um, you know, we don't, we don't, you know, we don't put people in prison who are mentally ill. So, mm. Very true. Uh, I think he's, he's, um, it depends on the version, really, because the first animation of the 1951 Disney mm. film, the cartoon, the one that really does probably still, I've not watched it in years, but it used to give me nightmares, but I still, I love the Cheshire Cat, but the Queen of Hearts definitely gave me nightmares. Yeah. Um, he's, he's a lot more of an antagonist in that film. He's voiced by Sterling Holloway. I don't really know a lot of his work. I've not seen this version, but in 1999, there was a TV film. The Cheshire Cat was voiced by Whoopi Goldberg. Really? How can, yeah. I, I need to see this. I need to find this version. You can't tell me that a bad cat will be voiced by Whoopi Goldberg. But 2010, the Tim Burton version, yeah. Stephen Fry, I mean, ah, top trumps. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, it's, it's, it's still a tricky one for me because I'm just like, you could, it could go, you could go either way with it. You could absolutely yeah. go either way with it. Um, I definitely think Tim Burton took the Cheshire Cat and turned him into more of a more of a device for the film, more rather than an antagonist or protagonist. Yeah. Kind of a neutral character that mm. um so it's like you say, he can't be defeated really, because even the Queen of Hearts can't harm him, so he has nothing to lose really. But he does seem to guide Alice in a helpful way quite a lot of the gets, time. Gets her to where she needs to be. Yeah. Um, but is that for his own means? Is that for his own devices? Well, well, it could be. Mm. Again, he's, we can't, like many of the characters, Alice in Wonderland, they're, they're very hard to kind of pin down. You can't really, yeah. you kind of get, you get a gist of them, but you can't really say what they're all about or what they're necessarily thinking all the time. Um, I love it. I love the amb- ambiguity of it all. That's why I think I love the films. And I've not actually read the book. I'm terrible Perhaps really? that will enlighten me some more if I read the book. That, that was actually one of the first proper proper novels or books I, I read like, like when I was in primary school because we were going to do a play. We, it was kind of a mashup of Through the Looking Glass and Alice in Wonderland. And I was like, yeah. umpty dumpty because I've got a massive head. Of course. <laughs> so they were like, yeah, he's got a big head. So he's perfect. I remember I got a certificate, I think, because of my, my comedy performance. Because we, we put a joke in, me and the, one of the girls who was, there was two Alices as well, just to make things even more bizarre. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. We had a kind of weird ending where it was like, there's two, been two Alices all along. It, basically, they just couldn't decide who to cast. And they were just like, oh, just cast them both. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, and they're like, well, it's all weird and Wonderland. Woo. Uh, so, so there was a line where it's like, you know, you know, the song where it's like, Alice, Alice, who the fuck is Alice? Yes. So, so we said, Alice, Alice, who the heck is Alice? That's so funny. This, that is, was... this, this, is pri- <laughs> this is in primary school. Again, this is like late primary school, but we're thinking this. And every time we'd said that line, the audience would erupt because they all thought we were going to say, we were going to say fuck. And we didn't. Oh, I've got a funny story about that too. On TripAdvisor, I actually got a couple of complaints because I played the Queen of Hearts in Panto uh, at Alton Towers 2018. It feels like such a long time ago. And the the opening line after my song was Alice. Alice, who the family show is Alice? (laughs) And quite, yeah, it got a massive laugh, but obviously there's quite, you know, a couple of people didn't find that too funny. 
<laughs> I think some shows I really emphasise the. F- yeah, um, well, I mean that's you. That you didn't write it. You're just performing it. You're yeah. Performing it. I, I, I was doing a panto, and it was the, the reverse happened. Someone heckled me. I was doing. Oh. Um, I was doing uh, what was it? Red Riding Hood, and I was like, "Oh no, kids! Granny's been gobbled up by the wolf. What am I gonna do?" And one of the kids went, "Kill yourself." <laughs> and I was absolutely. I was. I think it's the, it's the best heckle I've ever had, and I was just like. I don't know how to respond to that, so I'm just going to carry oh, on. Oh, my God. just going to carry on. Um, again, we were talking, this is a panto where we were touring around, kind of like working men's clubs and stuff. So, oh, right. Okay. So that's kind of the audience <laughs> that we get. Um, <laughs> that's the level. Oh, wow. That's what you're going to get. Um, but yeah, that was, a, that was a funny one. But No, I think, I think Cheshire Cat um, is, yeah, I, th- I, think, I think it's a good choice. But again, you could, I think you could have it on either list. Either list. I think he's kind of neutral, but he, again, like I keep saying that word, he is one of the main devices of the film that hmm. takes Alice to where she needs to be. Um, he's a very fascinating character. I... A lot of questions. Yeah. Yeah. Again, very philosophical. Like... Hmm. Maybe he's more like an anti hero, less of a yeah. good or bad cat, somewhere in the middle. Falls hmm. in that kind of that grey area. Very nice. Very good choice, I think. Yeah. Thanks. Um, lo- a lot of questions that, that the audience will have to answer and that the, your, your choice has, much like the, the Cheshire Cat, has posited more questions. So I, I feel like it would be like a, a film studies coursework question. Yeah. And there wouldn't be a wrong answer. So no matter what you said. No, definitely. But no, I think, that's, I think that's a good choice. I think it's one of the more famous cats in literature, movies, um, yeah. culture. Um, and again, dep- depends on your point of view and how you perceive that character. Excellent, excellent choice. Okay, so we're going back to we're going back to the we've we've had the grey area. Now we're going back to the the dark side. Okay. Oh dear. So I'm going to pick out a, a Japanese movie. Getting, oh, getting cultural. So I'm going to go for Blanche in House or Houzu from 1977. Okay. Now this, um, I wanted to watch this because the director again died quite recently. So that this is no. I'm going to try this. I'm going to try and pronounce this as best I can. Nobuhiko Obayashi. Um, so he he passed away recently. So I, I was thinking about watching this anyway. So I kind of went right now. He, now that he's died, I should kind of honour him. This is probably one of the most cat shit crazy films I've ever seen. It's. Bizarre. <laughs> It's just, it's just balls to the wall, weird. There's not really much of a plot. It's just like odd things continue to happen. Do you want a kind of list of some of the weird stuff that happens in the film? Yeah, hit me. Go for it. Okay, so a girl is slowly eaten by a piano. Right. A severed head comes out of a well and bites a girl on the bum. <laughs> a man turns into a bunch of bananas. Okay. A girl is beaten by a pair of mattresses, stripped and then turned into a doll. <laughs> God. And now, this is one of the weirder things, but the way the film presents it, it's very normal. It's very, and it's, and it's, a bear is dressed up like a chef and serving noodles. Oh my God. Okay. That's, and that's no, nothing to do with the plot or anything else. It's just, there's a guy at a restaurant that just happens to be a bear next to the chef who's also dressed as a chef and basically is there as well. This is a bizarre film. I'll, I'll try and give you a plot 
but it it follows this kind of weird, strange dreamlike logic. Um, okay. And you kind of it goes from like pure hilarity to one moment to kind of this weirdly haunting kind of atmosphere as well at the same time. So the the plot is um, several schoolgirls who all have brilliant names, which kind of encapsulate each of their characters. So one's called like gorgeous and she's the beautiful girl uh one's called fantasy likes to daydream uh one is called mac and she likes to eat i imagine that's like mcdonald's or something <laughs> there's all these, all these wacky and weird ones there's one of them's called kung fu because she's really like headstrong and good at martial arts and so on and so on and so on so so even even if you're that's that, they're very minimal kind of character traits and that that's it that's all the kind of the depth you get to their characters but basically the the summer holidays and this girl has found out that his dad her dad is remarrying um, her mum has died and they're remarrying doesn't like that idea so decides to take all of her friends over to her aunt's house who she's not seen in years she's like oh i remember her she's got a nice house let's go and stay with her um so they go and before they go they're they're met by this this white cat it's like a white persian cat you know like a a dr evil type um persian cat nice yeah and and it's got these twinkly eyes um and there's something a little you know something a little ethereal about the cat kind of spiritual and and ghost-like um but she kind of adopts the cat and it's always kind of it's much like a lot like the treasure cat in a way it's guiding her through the story like guides it's it's sitting on her train seat it's showing her where the house is um various other things um don't worry we're getting to the house very soon (laughs) we get into the house (laughs) that's that's what the film's called it's house um, so they get to the, they get to the house, meet the aunt, and she's very welcoming. She's like, "Yeah, come in, come in, no problem." And she has this kind of backstory about her. There was a, a, a man she loved during the war who, who basically she said, I, "I promise, I'll always wait for you. I'll never, I'll never leave this house. Um, me and my cat will always be here, waiting for you to come back. We'll always wait here." Um, turns out, never came back. She died, but she didn't know she died, and now oh. she has to devour unmarried girls and women who the cat the cat and the woman uh, are kind of these ghostly spirits and they have to devour unmarried women <laughs> yeah yeah it's a bit it's a bit mad it's a little mad to say the least there's a lot of special effects that i imagine at the time were quite groundbreaking and quite you know avant-garde but yeah. now it's something you could just do on like photoshop these are like, you know, when you're being a filmmaker for the first time, you're like, you know, star wipe, star wipe, all this sort of stuff. Like the weird little special effects are like these all sorts of kind of crazy weird stuff. Like there's hand-drawn animation. There's um, there's all sorts of like the body parts come off and fly. Um, the faces peel off and there's flames underneath. Um, there's lasers shooting out piano keys and things like that. Just bizarre weird stuff but i think it kind of takes a, a genius director to do something that doesn't make any sense in a way yeah like, yeah it kind of like to make that little sense of a film you kind of have to be some sort of auteur yeah to get that much out of it and, and i really enjoyed it it's it's mental it's absolutely mental and you kind of come out of it going what did i just watch but so the- is it a horror what's the yeah, genre? It's, a horror movie. it's like a horror it comedy. is horror yeah, it's a horror comedy. But again, An anime. It's, it's not anime, no, it's, it's live action. It sounds like... Oh, it anime. is, it's live action. It does sound like an anime. It does sound like an anime, but it is, it is exactly, it is definitely, definitely live action. But it, it, it's got oh, wow. elements, those kind of Japanese elements. The, you know, I've watched some crazy Japanese films in my time, and this is definitely in the top 10, absolutely. But yeah, <laughs> it, 
it's not it's not an anime. It would probably make more sense if it was an anime. But the cat the cat is um, the cat is like in almost every frame of this film. Like you can't move for this cat. Uh, and she's definitely a crazy cat lady, much like you, this ant, because mm. every framed photo she has, or picture she has, is of this cat. Amazing. What kind of cat is it? So it's like this white Persian kind of... Oh, white Persian, thing. yeah, you did yeah. say, yeah. Tip, stereotypical evil cat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like Blofeld, yeah. Dr. Evil. Dr. Evil, I'm, yeah. In fact, I've got another one on the list um, that's coming up um, next. Ooh. So, so bear in mind but yeah this cat is always kind of there or watching as these like murders and deaths take place so she kind of works as kind of like a familiar or like like you said like much like a Cheshire cat like a spirit guide type thing but it's she's just like there's a bit where the cat turns into a picture on the wall and then grows into this demonic cat and then fills the room up with what blood. oh wow yeah um, it's got these laser eyes and you know, all sorts of weird stuff. But the, the cat is like the star of the show, the star of the film. You see the cat more than anything else. Um, so that's why the cat is so kind of iconic um, ah, with this film. Really interested in watching just the visual. How? How is this a film? What? It's, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what more else I can say about it. It's just a bizarre kind of mental film and it has to be seen to be believed. Again, I, I don't think I can spoil it really because it's just a series of weird and wacky events. Um, and the schoolgirls in it are very likable, very nice. Um, you know, they're very much like, you know, tee kind of like Japanese schoolgirls, um, stereotypically so. Um, but I, I think it was a good film. I think it's well directed. Again, you know, the effects have dated quite a bit, but it kind of also gives it a kind of weird charm, like a kitsch charm. But yeah, that was uh, Blanche from House 1977. Blanche. So who, who was Blanche? Is that the name of the aunt? That's Blanche. the name of the cat. That's the name of the cat. Oh, the fantastic Blanche. The only Blanche I know is the one that was the lady from Coronation Street, like oh. the, old, <laughs> the old woman Blanche with the big glasses. and haunted Deirdre. <laughs> oh, what a fantastic name for a cat. Blanche. I, I, I imagine it's because it's a it's a white cat. Like all the characters are named like yeah. fantasy because they're daydreaming. I know. I love it though. I love There's it. Blanche, I'm like blank white cat. Yeah, yeah. Blanche. Well, Blanche is white, isn't it? In French, yeah, but I believe so. Yeah, I still, I'm still picturing the old the old lady from Coronation Street. Blanche. You know what? She doesn't look too dissimilar when she starts off. She's in a wheelchair. She's got white hair. But yeah, it's very very creepy imagery from the ant because she's always in this kind of <laughs> in this wedding Japanese wedding gown, um, and she's constant. The more the more of the the girl she eats, the younger she gets, uh, and she starts to kind of look like the the main character, gorgeous in the in the film. So yeah, this is this is way before the ring and all that other stuff. This is your original Japanese haunted house story. And what year was it? What year was it? 1977. Oh, wow. So quite, yeah, yeah. quite old then. Yeah, fairly old. So fairly old. And so was he. Um, that's probably why he died recently. God rest oh. his soul. <laughs> Nobuhiku Obayashi. What a great film. Uh, what a great evil cat. Fabulous. Yes. So, uh, so that was my, my evil, my fourth evil cat moving down our list. And uh, what's, this is your number, this is your number three, I think? Yeah, my number three. Another basic bitch film because I'm really not that, I've <laughs> no not thing. seen no many thing. crazy films, not many out there films. This is a film that a lot of people have told me to watch because I'm a big, I'm a big Marvel fan. I don't know loads about the Marvel sort of universe. I know you do, so you can help me fill in a lot of the gaps. But it is a film that I hadn't watched until last month, actually. And I, I 
fell in love with it. And I've heard mixed reviews about the film, but actually I think it's it's up there, one of my favourites. And quite a lot of it is because of Goose the Cat ah, from Captain Marvel. Um, who, you know, technically we're going to go for technicalities. Yes, not really a cat. However, does appear to be... Uh, a cat for the most part of the film so I, th I think it does count but obviously goose is an alien species goose is a flurkin um i was trying to do some research on flurkins and i, I still i don't know where they're from where are they from i'm not sure I, I, i'm not sure myself to be honest i the only the, i have read the comic where they introduce goose is goose is kind of her cat in the comics goose is actually called chewy goose is called chewy after chewbacca that's right that's right um i think but in the yeah, I think they in the film. they didn't want to cross-contaminate their franchises. Though. No, they didn't. And they also named it quite aptly after um, Goose Bradshaw from Top Gun, because it's a right, very yeah. Top gun feely film. So I quite like that bit of info. But you already knew that, so God. Yeah, yeah but other people might not, though. So that's good. Ha-ha. Mm. So uh, what, um, what, yeah. what is it specifically about, about Goose that... Um... Well, for a start, I, never, I didn't expect Goose to be... Uh, an alien creature the, the the twist really tickled me and what a fantastic cat and also what the hell like i never expected goose to be the reason that uh, nick fury lost an eye and then yeah. he still he kept goose at the end of the film he kind of grew what i think i love the most about the film is nick fury's love of the cat mm. and that was it was <laughs> Just it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a softer Nick Fury as well. He's not been through all the, the hardship and heartache yeah. that kind of, you know, typifies his character in the, the modern day. Uh-huh. Uh, this is set way back in the 90s, this film. Yes. I thought it was the 80s, but yeah, you're probably right, the 90s, yeah. Um, but I'm not, I'm not going to go into the whole... Early 90s, so... I'm not going to go into the whole story of the film because I'm sure a lot of people have seen Captain Marvel. If you haven't... I would recommend watching it. I loved it. Um, but yeah, Goose is responsible for permanently blinding Nick Fury's left eye with her claws. That's another interesting thing. Goose is a female, but some fun cat knowledge. The likelihood of Goose being a female cat uh, is very unlikely because most ginger cats are male. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, and that's to do with the X chromosome. Mm. Um, yeah, so the ginger gene is on the X chromosome, uh, but male cats only need one of the X chromosomes to become ginger, whereas females need two. So it's very rare that you'll find ginger cats in general, but complete ginger cats will almost always be male. Um, you might get a ginger cat that's ginger, but with a lot of white on them, and that will probably be uh, you know, more likely to be female. But yeah, I digress. Little cat knowledge there. Um, uh, yeah, I, think, so. I think Goose is a, is a really good choice. I think in the comics, I think it's, uh, I think it's Rocket Raccoon who reveals that, that Goose or Chewy is a flurkin because he's like, oh my God, it's a flurkin. Like, like the scroll, uh, I think it's Talos in the film. Um, yeah. he, he's like, oh no, that's not a cat, it's a flurkin, stay away. You know, and, it's, and then it opens its jaws and it's got this kind of, again, like Lovecraftian tentacles and stuff. Tentacles, out. yeah, one of its yeah. superpowers. Um, pocket dimension, superhuman durability. They've got a lot of superpowers. They've got a lot of stuff going for them, flirking. And the fact that they always kind of disguise themselves to look like cats yeah. is amazing. And I think my cats could all be flirkings, but yeah. And they've got a very good judge of character. They don't usually like humans and they can very easily differentiate between friends and foes. Right. So 
which I think looks are good. Like, looks I, like animals anyway. Yeah, yeah. Much like cats, I have found this. A lot of my cats, you know, they've got a very good judge of character. Um, especially when it comes to boyfriends. I've found that in the past. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah, I, th- I think, I think uh, Goose is a good shout. I think, yeah, I think they might have done a little bit more in the comics. I, I, I'll be honest, I've not read them. Captain Marvel, I love the character of Captain Marvel. Carol Danvers, Ms. Marvel, Binary, yeah. all, the, all the different names she's had. She's, she's created by Stan Lee, so she's been around a very, very long time since. Yeah. Um, she's, she's had a lot of up, ups and downs in her write, the writing of her and in the, um, the representation of women. Um, she was, she, when the women's lib movement came along, Ms. Ms. Marvel was was the main, one of the main characters when they started writing female-led superhero books. Uh, she was one of the flagship titles. Um, so a very important character for that kind of movement. In Amazing. Um, along with uh, the cat and uh, who else was there? It was like Mockingbird and a few others kind of were a bit. She-Hulk as well was a big one. Um, Spider-Woman. Yeah, uh, you know, initially they started off as kind of like, let's just do a female version of the male hero. Um, but <laughs> over time, obviously, they developed and became very much their own characters and did their own. Oh, can I just say that Captain Marvel is a million times, but we're not getting into a Marvel debate here, <laughs> but I, I've always, I don't really like Captain America. I just find him a bit bland. Fair enough. Captain yeah. Marvel's badass. Yeah. I think there's 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 some argument there for 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 Captain America. We could we could do a deep dive, and I could be like, "You're wrong. You're definitely wrong." Um, <laughs> no, um, well, she's <laughs> technically she's actually in the comics. She's actually she's ranked higher. She's a colonel. Um, oh, so she's so she outranks him, and she tells him that Colonel Harvey, <laughs> I outrank you, Captain. So piss off. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, she's she's been a she's been a great character. There's a lot of people called Captain Marvel as well in in the comics. There was the son of the original Captain Marvel. Uh, Marvel in the comics was a male in the film. Marvel is a female. yes, yes. Kind of makes more sense, really. But I'm glad they had a Marvel character. Um, yeah, Monica Rambeau, and that's that's who Goose belonged to originally, isn't that's it? In right, in yeah. the film, anyway, Marvel. Yeah. Yeah, and um, there's one of my favourites is uh, Monica Rambeau, who's the first female Captain Marvel and the first black female Captain Marvel and the first female black leader of the Avengers as well. So big. Ah. And she's she's the daughter of her best friend in the film, Monica. So I think. Yes. She, yeah. So the little girl who chooses the colours of her armour, the red and blue. Ah. That's Monica Rambeau. So so I'm glad oh, they kind of had that in there, and she's going to be in the Vision and Scarlet Witch show as well. So so that's going to be. I wish she. I don't know if she'll have superpowers or not. We'll see. We'll see. But I really oh, like that character. Are there any notable dog characters in the Marvel universe? I can't. I can't think of any. Um, in if you, you remember the original Guardians of the Galaxy. Ah, yes, yes. There's a there's a dog in a space suit. Now <gasps> he's called Cosmo, and he is a psychic and telekinetic Russian dog. So he was a cosmonaut. Oh. So the Russians shot him in space. He got lost, and he developed like superpowers. And then he Amazing. Run, he runs this kind of like uh, space station, and him and Rocket Raccoon like do not get on. So <laughs> he kind of made a, a little bit of a cameo. His uh, his accent he he's written phonetically in the book, so he kind of see where the Russian accent comes in. That's <laughs> funny. Bubbles and stuff. So yeah, fantastic, great, great choice. And and you know, flying the Marvel flag, I like it. Yeah, and but again, another Disney film. Yeah, technically, technically. Technically, yeah. Technically, but, yeah, but I, I mean, at least you've, you've gone away from what you would consider like mainstream Disney. 
kind of no marvel's very mainstream well now now it is not when i was not when i was into it when i was like six back in the day yes like, but no that i like that's i like rubbish, that is that's right rubbish yeah. when a goose like a notable feline figure in the marvel universe flying um, the flag like you say for marvel uh, not really i i've got what? a kind of i've got kind of a crush on um uh, i've got a comic book crush on a character called tigra who's kind of like a female tiger person she yeah. basically walks around in, in a bikini as well so that probably is why i'm attracted to her a little bit yeah but not a, that's not a proper feline not a not a domesticated cat slash no lurking. not really um I'm, try, I'm trying to think off the top of my head if there's any actual like proper cats not off the top of my head apart from apart from the one you've mentioned apart from from goose and chewy um no i can't really can't really think of one i'm sure i'm sure i could look it up i know there's like cat people and like feline sort of feline-ish ish characters but yeah but not not one i can not an actual like domesticated cat i can think of right now good i'll leave that one with you then no that's that's good i, I will i'll do some research i'll let you know if i find any more i'm sure there's one that's really obvious i'm just gonna hit myself when i come off of this and go like oh no that was the one I <laughs> um cool are you ready for the next bad cat yeah hit me okay so this is mr tinkles oh mr tinkles from cats and dogs oh god (laughs) not not a great movie i'll be honest however mr tinkles is the highlight of the whole film like absolutely he is the best he's the best thing in the film he's most entertaining he's got the best lines um it's just the the most fun you can have with this film is is with mr tinkles um it basically the, the the premise is quite you know bizarre cats and dogs are super intelligent can talk and they have like rival spy organizations or terrorist and spy organizations going on um the cats want to take over the world um because they've got they've got to be villains haven't they the cats have got to be villains in this uh, apparently in the second one there's there's non villainous cats i think in the sequel they did make a sequel believe it or not uh, yeah, they did i think i've seen the sequel but i'm sure the cats are still bad i can't remember i think there is a villainous cat but i think there's like a, a hero cat as well at least one ah there. yes i think you're right i think you're right I've, I've, I've not seen the sequel um i kind of i kind of would if there was more mr tinkles um but i, I hear there's the he turns up as a kind of a hannibal lecter type sort of a side character that helps the heroes by taking down the other villain um, so I think that's cool <laughs> I do think that's pretty cool um, he's played by Sean Hayes so if, if you remember Will and Grace uh, Sean Hayes was just Jack um, yeah. in Will and Grace uh, which I, I, I had quite a, quite a soft spot for in, back in the day when it was on you know outgoing for its time you know there's not many you know gay sitcoms out at that, that time very progressive so I, I, I appreciated it um, but yeah it's uh, he's fantastic he's just so funny he's hilarious like every line it's got this like arrogance and this this seething hatred for everybody and everything's wrong with the world well, i'm gonna change it um like there's a bit of the Has he got an accent what's his accent it's not really it's not really an accent it's basically just him doing like i, I didn't know it was him in fact the the voice he had was so like strong i was like who is that guy but no he's kind of it's very much like a it's, it's kind of a dr evil-esque impression yes yes because i mean obviously he's kind of based on you know mr bigglesworth and blofeld he again he's a white persian cat um yeah it's a very similar kind of thing um, there's a great bit where he he has this stupid henchman and he sets fire to this room with uh um, jeff goldblum and his family and and it's a calico oh my god 
happened? Yeah, As if I forgot that Jeff Goldblum's in the film. He stars in it, yeah. So, so the whole plot of uh, Mr. Tinkles is that he, Jeff Goldblum's trying to find a cure for uh, dog allergies. And yeah. what Mr. Tinkles wants to do is reverse engineer that and make everyone allergic to dogs. Genius. Um, and that's, that's how you win the war between cats and dogs, apparently. Um, but yeah, there's this bit where he sets fire to this room, all the family's in it, and the Calico sidekick's about to come out. And he's like, um, he says, uh, he's like, uh, hey, what are you doing? He's like, uh, you, you need to stay here. And he's like, why? And he's like, because I hate you. Oh, oh my God, yeah, because I hate you. <laughs> um, and like, he pretends to be his owner, who's like this disabled guy. And he's like, he's yes. in this factory and he's like, yes, hello, human workers. I'm not a cat attempting to take over the world. Goodbye. You know? Yes, because, yes, the owner can't talk. He's kind of in, oh my God, yeah, like very debilitated. Catatonic. <laughs> 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 oh the puns oh the cat puns do you know that was um i was doing some i've been doing some reading about cats in the media and how they're sort of misrepresented and that was one of the films that, that um someone had written like yeah to say that this is you know it's really bad representation of cats especially as it's you know it's basically it's a, it's a child's film but i watched that film and it made me love cats 10 10 million times more of anything because it's such a funny film and mr bigglesworth what a character mr tinkles what a character mr tinkles. oh mr B- mr tinkles mr bigglesworth but right. him again. to be fair like mr bigglesworth you know before he loses his hair does look exactly like him so yeah um but I, I think he's i think he's brilliant there's a there's a deleted scene on youtube or on the dvd uh, where he's he's in different outfits and he's auditioning for for different roles in different movies. So he's like saying lines from you know Casablanca <laughs> and you know all that sort of stuff. But he does his own like twist on it. And it, again, it's hilarious. It's brilliant. When the sequel came out as well on the press tour, they didn't they didn't interview the stars. They didn't inter- interview you know people or anything. They interviewed Mr. Tinkles, like the press. Oh wow! And they interviewed with the puppet of Mr. Tinkles. Uh, and again, you can find that on YouTube as well, and I, I highly recommend it. You can watch the whole film, but I would, you're just watching it for Mr. Tinkles, you know, fast forward it to the Mr. Tinkles bits if you want. Because um, I, I, if I ever watch it again, that's what I will do. Because um, it's just, just funny. It's just, I think it's the performance as well. Um, I think it's, it's the performance, it's the writing. Um, I, it feels like a lot of it was improvised as well. So I, I, I imagine that's probably played out. But I think, I think Sean, Sean Hayes was fantastic in the role. And I don't think I would have liked the film as much if he was not Mr. Tinkles or that character yeah. was not in the movie. Um, but he's very much like the Bond villain. He's the most Bond-like villain I have on my list of villainous cats. Um, but yeah, love, love, that, love that character. Brilliant. Great choice. Great choice. Thank you very much. Um, are you ready for your next one? 